Well, welcome back to Soulback. Kyle here back with Tom and Ed. And for the second time in two minutes, welcome back, Tom and Ed. And for the second time in two minutes, I am going to get on my VA stand. And shout out to my boy, Derry. I see that he's in here. Virginia in the house. Last week, we celebrated Timberland. And today, we're celebrating the Neptunes. I'm a Neptune stand from day one. So I'm definitely excited about this episode, just like I was last week with Timberland. So let's yep. do it, brothers. I mean, it's fun. We have to celebrate Frell and Chad. But before we do that, of course... We always like to start out this podcast giving a couple of shout outs here, Tom. I mean, you've already named a couple, but since we have to do it all over, who do we have to give a shout out to today? <laughs> well, no one can hear me. I shout all you guys out. Is that, is oh, that good please. <laughs> I, I didn't hear that. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I see Tar Heels fan. Watch these. I see Mr. Woods, Serenity's Child. I saw uh, da- uh, Damon Dunn in here. Nicolette mm. Carney, Lawrence. I see... Um, DJ Pineapples. I'm trying DJ to scroll through real quick. Yep. So, well, oh, your boy Theo, my man Brandon. Oh yeah, it's hard to keep up, but yeah, Theo. Actually, Theo, God. I just saw your story, like, because he tagged us and he wanted to be a part of this. I might have to send you a link to this later on. Uh, I have some stuff prepared, but if we have time later, I'll bring you on. And Nicolette, we've been trying to get you on one of these for a while too. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm glad to see you here today. We'll we'll get you on one of these uh at some point. But um the Neptunes this week, but before we get into that, Ed, can we talk about the Mortal Kombat movie cuz that trailer looks amazing. Oh yeah. I have been waiting for this trailer my entire life. When I saw freaking Sub-Zero punch Scorpion, freeze <laughs> his blood, turn his blood into a dagger stab the man and then kick him through an ice wall i was like take all my money you can have every debit card in this house it's all good wow wasn't there a mortal Kombat movie back in the day yes we don't talk of such things tom (laughs) i randomly remember some theme song from that movie blowing up on radio yes because (laughs) it was very hype. i love the thing well i'll say this the first movie was fine it's the second movie that was a nightmare Kind of like Skull's so no first idea. album and his first oh. second album. Yeah. Like oh. we don't remember the second, but we'll celebrate the first. Oh, yep. Um, but along with that, uh, what other current events happened recently that I think that I can think of? Uh, Ed, your boy ended up taking a trip to Mexico when uh, the state was like oh. dying. Why is it my boy? You work oh, for the my. people. I don't work for that person. Thank oh. God. I wouldn't be working for him. Yes, apparently. And I love how a player switches the game up. He's like, <laughs> oh, I was just doing it for my kids. And then it's, the itinerary came out. I was like, brother, you won't come in back till Saturday. Mm. He was like, oh, well, I was coming back on Saturday. Just admit that it was cold and you ran to Mexico. I don't need to watch who you vote for. That's all I got to say. Watch your votes. Well, Tom, for all of our people listening in from Texas, I hope they're they're safe. They've got power because can you imagine life right now without electricity? I mean, it's tough to imagine anything. We got recently like over a foot of snow here in New York. I know in other parts of the U.S. they get like a an inch of snow and they all, all of a sudden shut down the whole state. Yeah. So it's it's hard for me to relate because I, I'm kind of used to uh, a bit worse of conditions. But mm. uh, yeah, I hope everyone's safe and uh, warm. Yeah, yeah shout out to my man Case. I don't think he's on this on this um on this thread, but Soul and Stereo fan, that's my dog. His he just bought a new house, mm-hmm. no power, 
froze, water pipes burst. Wow. It's awful. So it's my main, my shout out to my people in Texas. They're going through it right now. Vocals. I know he was going through it. So mm. shout out to my people. Alex, Crazy. show y'all some love. All right. Well, uh, on to more positive news. We're here today to talk about Pharrell and Chad of the Neptunes and their contributions to R&B. An amazing career that they've had so far, and they're still going. Tom, I'll start with you. You're a Neptune stan. Rumor has it you were on a Neptune's forum back in 2002. <laughs> what was your username on it on there? I it probably. I hope Mike from 112 isn't listening, but it oh probably had something to do I with 112. <laughs> <laughs> on a Neptune's forum, easy. Yeah, I used that for everything. It was like my standard across the board. Wow. Room 112, but anyway, oh my I was God. on, what was it called? Star Trek forums or something? Mm-hmm. I, oh, man, those were the days. No Twitter, no Instagram. Yeah. I mean, just think about it. A message board just filled with fans of a production duel. Like, Tom, can you put into words how big the Neptunes were during that time? Yeah, I mean, it just seemed like almost every hit that was coming out, hip-hop and R&B, well, not more so hip-hop, I think, but was Neptunes. I mean, everyone wanted them, mm-hmm. you know, to produce their songs and they were all over the radio. I, I just remember when that Jay-Z song came out. What was that song called? I Just Want to Love You. I Just Want to Love yes, You. Yes, Yeah. That was huge. And I just remember it, you know, snowball. I feel like it snowballed from there. Yeah. And man, it was it was everywhere from there. And especially, I mean, we got to talk, we'll talk about it, but the Noriega song, obviously, yeah, was unlike anything, especially for a New York rapper. To, yes. to jump on a, a production like that was out of this world. That yeah. was the launching point. We'll get to that later. But yes, yeah. this young a player was in the clubs at this point. And I can tell <laughs> you mm. that Nori was tearing them up. <laughs> Ed, the Neptune's from VA. You're from VA. Yep. What, is, what, what do Pharrell and Chad mean to the state of VA? Well, a lot of their legacy now, if you look back at it, kind of modern day, they have really become ambassadors of music. They had something in the water tour that was like blowing up huge. Unfortunately, the quarantine and the pandemic has nested up for the past two years. But that has kind of been their more recent legacy. But when you look back over it, it really helped along with Missy and along with Timbaland. And then even Cousin Chris, give him his due and some other artists that really helped put Virginia on the map as far as having an eclectic sound. VA isn't quite north. It isn't quite south. But is enough influences from both sides to really create a different sound that appeals to really all regions. So I love that Neptune's Chad Pharrell, I mean, yeah, Chad and Pharrell have been able to just kind of cultivate their sound by being so different. And that's what has really put them on the map and the state of Virginia as well, being this incubator of unique talent that can't really be matched elsewhere. Kyle, can I touch on something from a historical perspective? Yeah. I know we're celebrating the Neptunes, but when we talk about the Neptunes and Timbaland in their place in musical history as far as production, were they a part of the downfall of production as far as live instrumentation being gone from production, moving to more studio-produced sounds as far as everything being so microwave music? Was was that in Mm. any way part of their doing? It's tough. And and I'll say this, especially with the Neptunes, but even with Timbaland, like when we think of Timbaland, we think of the, the baby crying Godzilla sounds. And then when we think of the Neptunes, we think of all those crazy space sounds. But inside all of that is a lot of yeah. musical stuff. Yeah. Um, but I think the general consumer 
can't really pick that up because all you hear are those sounds. So I think maybe to a degree in edge, you might correct me on this, but I think to a general listener, because that's what was most visible when they were listening to it, maybe. Yeah, I mean, Kyle, you kind of really nailed all the points. And that's a great question, Tom, because a lot of what we hear now, there's a lot of just live instrumentation that used to be the foundation of R&B specifically, hip hop a little bit when you look back at the more jazzy movements of the early 90s. Mm-hmm. But there was a lot of the foundation that seemed to be stripped away in the late 90s, early 2000s, and especially today. And when you look at Tim and Pharrell and Chad being on top of the game, it's kind of easy to be like, well, they led to it. And in a way, maybe they did. But to Kyle's point, if you actually study the production, a lot of the production has some musical sense to it because as i said in the timberland episode he was really creating a beat on top of a beat on top of a beat on top of a beat and was able to make it work it wasn't just a microwave here's a some here's a trap drum here's some keys there you go i made it on my computer in two seconds so Mm -hmm. even though to the to the more unintuned ear it might seem that simple i think there was a lot more genius behind it than that yeah Ed, let me ask you this. We'll start off this Neptune's discussion by talking about them starting off with Teddy Riley. And I don't know, how old were you in 1992? 92, <laughs> I was probably like 11 or 12, something like that. So do you remember how big of a deal it was when Teddy Riley moved to Virginia? I don't remember that so much. I remember around the time when he was there, because Teddy, this one was a big deal. So I remember it being like, oh, Teddy Riley's here. Oh, that's what's up. And I remember, and I'm sure you'll get to this in a second, mm-hmm. when there was a very big song that came out at this time that our boys had a hand into, to know that this was kind of created down the street was pretty cool, especially in that era when VA wasn't really on the musical map yet. Yeah. I mean, Tom Farrell, he wrote Teddy's part in Rump Shaker, but also mm-hmm. on the SWV record, we love that Human Nature remix to right here. Oh, yeah. At what age did you realize that was Pharrell saying SWB? <laughs> it probably was around the time of the Neptunes forum. I mean, if you think yeah. about it, like we didn't have social media then for people to like call this stuff out after the fact. So if you didn't read the liner notes, you probably wouldn't have known because you, I mean, it wasn't really promoted as him being on it. He mm-hmm. also wasn't really known at the time. So of course it wasn't going to be mentioned that much. So yeah, I mean, it was much later on. I hate to say it. I do want to point out though, Teddy Riley. That's a New Yorker at heart, man, Ed, mm. from Harlem. Yeah, I, I don't know, know where he's from, but I also know <laughs> I where know. he's his roots. So we claiming them, dog. We claim. They must have kicked them out or something. I don't know what happened. He went down <laughs> Probably. You'll be next. <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's a great point, Kyle, about him being Pharrell specifically. Um, like the Neptunes were so unknown. And I remember, man, it might have been the late 90s. I was randomly looking through the SWV's liner notes on the New Beginning album back over there somewhere. And it was like the Neptunes. I was like, what? They did this song? Because you just didn't know. And it blew my mind to know that the biggest producers in the game right now produced a song that I loved three years earlier. And they didn't get really any recognition for it because it was just a different time and place. It's always cool going back and see the roots of those artists. Yeah. And and during that era, guys, I'll name a couple of songs here because this is like the early parts to the Neptune. So you can't really hear their sound. But I mean, they were on it. So records like SWV, Use Your Heart, Black Mm -hmm. Street, Tonight's the Night, the Black Street and Jay-Z record, The City is Mine. Uh, Chad actually plays the sax on that one. And then we have 
Tom, are we are we lumping in? I mean, you have the total record when boy meets girl, but then you yeah. also have the mace record. Look at me. Like, are you grouping that in that batch or is that closer to the Neptune sound? Well, the mace, the mace record to me was like the most recognizable of all the ones you named up there. You know, signature sound. Yeah, I think some of the others you couldn't really fully notice. If you listen closely, you can hear some of the signature elements in the background. But that Mace record, man, that's when I, I mean, looking back, because if you had picked up the Mace album at the time and heard it, you know, you may not have even noticed who had done it if you didn't really pay that close of attention to the production. If you were just a Mace fan, you know, people might have just picked up based off the singles. So, you know, going back and hearing that, man, I, I love that song. Still sounds fresh today. And that, I think that's kind of where that sound started. Yeah. Ed, I know you're a big advocacy of grammar and writing and proper speaking. That's me. What does the line real love purified mean? <laughs> <laughs> Some questions have no answer, Blair. It just sounds cool. That's yeah. all it is. An That's advocate all. of proper speaking. I love that line. Yep. <laughs> real love purified. Hey, but Tom, that's been for all his whole career. He just it doesn't even have to make sense. It just sounds cool. As long as it kind of rhymes, as long as it fits the melody, I think Pharrell makes it work. People don't really question it. It just fits mm -hmm. the song. So he's made it work his whole career. I would never call him the best lyricist as a songwriter, but he's made it work. No one questions it. Shout out to Pharrell. Yep. I love it. And it's familiar. That's, I mean, that's part of the, I mean, you can make it. I hate to use a hip hop reference, but it's kind of like I call it a cannabis effect. Like you can be the most perfect lyricist every in every sense way of the form, but if it doesn't connect, it doesn't connect. You mm -hmm, have to yeah. make sure that you have song lyrics that just hits you. Real Love Purified is the one lyric everybody remembers <laughs> from that song, even though yeah. no one knows what it means. So shout out to my boys. They made it work. And then that Black Street record, Tonight's the Night. I actually love that song. So shout out to Tammy Lucas, who who's on that song as well. That that song is amazing. I love Boy and Girl. I mean, um, the total joint. Boy Meets yeah. Girl. I yeah. love it. Great song. Um, so now we got to hop on to when the Neptunes era really, really begins with that Noriega record. Ed, I actually read an article recently when that song came out. I think uh, that's when Allen Iverson got arrested for like throwing a chair in a bowling alley. Do you know anything <laughs> about this? No, I was not at said bowling alley, but I was at said clubs when that joint came on. And yes, that thing got the party started. It was, I've said this before. I said this a lot in the last episode, the Timberland episode, because we don't get these moments today. But it's very rare in 2021 where you hear a beat and you're like, oh my God, what is this? Who produced this? What is this? What am I hearing? And that was the reaction when we heard Super Thug because it sounded like nothing else. We knew who Nori was. Noriega was an established rapper, but he had never sounded like this before. Production had never sounded like this before. It was an instant hit. Yep. And this was around the time people were looking for who created this sound, who mm -hmm. did this. And it was able, and we heard the Use Your Hearts and things like that before that sounded great. But it also matched kind of the production of its time. We never heard something that was so far ahead of its time. To this day, if you hear it, it doesn't sound like anything we've heard before or since. Nope. This is when they took off. Tom, around that same time is when Khalees came out oh. and caught out there. That song to this day still sounds new. 
and the chorus for that like that's that's what stands out but that whole song is insane let me say i hated that song when it came out i still why hate did, that chorus why, why <laughs> do you honest, hate that chorus like, Tom? <laughs> it's, well, annoying. it's pretty it's annoying, annoying. <laughs> <laughs> however however i do love the production on that song the, the verses are fine i've told kyle this is probably one of my top five neptune's production you know beats mm. i just think you know the different parts they use of their sound in that one beat makes it special mm-hmm. so i've grown to like the song a little better but it, it, it's it's annoying mm. <laughs> however that album man kyle yeah. oof, that still sounds fresh to me today game changer classic in my opinion even if people won't call it one i, yeah. I love that album, kaleidoscope yep amazing and I'm just trying to think what comes after that that's notable. Like we, of course, we have the Jay Z record, but when it comes to R and B and pop songs, Tom, do you remember what kind of came after that? I'm scrolling through my discography. Of course, did the Backstreet Boy we, record come out already by then? No, that was around the same year. This was around okay. '99, 2000. If okay. we're in 2000, we gotta mention the Beanie Man and Maya song. That's, Sugar. Yeah, that One is what favorites. I was gonna mention. Good yes. God. Yep. <laughs> I absolutely adore. If you go to Soul and Stereo, just like last week, I wrote a post a couple years ago. Greatest Neptune Productions. That was like yes. I don't know where it's. It's like number four or five on the list. It's near the top. I absolutely love that song. And some of y'all love might it. not even remember that song because I feel like the legacy of it has kind of gotten pushed aside yes. in recent years. Girls, yes. them sugar. That was the jam. <laughs> can, we, can we play R and B trivia right now? Oh boy. Are you guys ready? We can. Okay. So you guys love that Beanie Man and Maya record, right, girls? I'm sure. Yeah. Yep. Can someone? <laughs> oh no! Cite a verse. Oh no! <laughs> from that song without sign Sim Simma. Without Sim Simma. Wait. Yaga Yao. <laughs> That's not Is a that verse. Something? That's a noise. <laughs> That's what you make when you stub your toe in the dark at night. It's oh, not a verse. Geez. <laughs> Other than that, no. I'm afraid oh. Bean to be saying some stuff. I don't it's want to true. get the podcast shut down. Yeah, I, I'm looking. <laughs> I'm looking at the lyrics right now. I, I had no idea he was saying what he was saying. This is not appropriate. No, it's not at all. I don't know how it made it made radio because no one knew what he was saying. So it was just like, oh, you're going to make me. Don't even tell me you're going to make me not like the song anymore. Let's just keep it moving. Yeah, Beanie Man might get canceled if we uh. Recycle oh, lyrics. He's been canceled a couple times already. <laughs> you just missed it. Uh, I mean, a couple of key elements here that we have to talk about. I mean, let's talk about the Usher record, You Don't Have to Call. Because mm-hmm. I feel like this was a groundbreaking song, especially at that time for Usher, primarily working with Jermaine Dupree. And then he comes with this Neptune's record, You Don't Have to Call. And that's like one of the greatest breakup, but like getting mm. over someone type of records. Like yes. it's sad. But it's also uplifting. Like, there's not a lot of songs like that out there. I was talking to my friend about this song maybe a week or so ago. This song, he's actually going through it in this song. We mm-hmm. forget it because it's so upbeat and he's dancing around. But he <laughs> basically is pissed off. He's dumped. So now he's just like, oh, it don't, that's okay. I'm going to go have fun tonight. But he is in misery. The song is misery. But you missed it because <laughs> the beat's banging. And to me, this is the error for me where I feel like a lot of the Neptune stuff up until now, a lot of the focus, except for Khalees, a lot of this focus was on their hip hop work. Mm-hmm. And Khalees was kind of the outlier. 
But when they did this work on the Usher album, to me, that is when they really started to cement themselves as players in R&B. Because you got to think at the time we had the dark child sound and a lot of that was kind of, and of course, Timberland is always around, ever present. Yep. But here we had this opportunity to take Usher, who was really coming into his own in this level. And a lot of that is due to the production of 8701. So shout out to your boys for that. I will say, too, that, that the Neptunes got pretty, I don't want to say lucky because it's a great song. But the timing of that record, the breakup song, mm-hmm. the whole Usher relationship drama with Chili, like they were in on that because of the single, the video yeah. played into it. So they, I mean, that made it even bigger of a hit. Yeah. The Neptunes were, you know, they were in the right place at the right time to be on that song and turned into a huge song. Kyle, though, where does that stand in his, in his legacy? Is it even mentioned among his greatest songs? Well, he still performs it today. Um, yeah. I think musically like i mentioned earlier tom like the neptunes had a lot of music on their records like the bridge on that song is insane yeah like that's very musical but of course we're always just going to remember those space sounds but yeah i I would say that's one of like the usher songs that have aged the best over time for for me um but the bridge is one thing that stands on and of course the music video where he's sitting in the car and he's just bouncing to the beat (laughs) Right. <laughs> yeah, that, yes. that will forever be in my memory. But Tom, in the comments, Laurence just said, "I don't know is better than you don't have to call." Oh man, someone boot him from the uh, Instagram. <laughs> <office. Whoa>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's uh, oh. that's quite a take. <laughs> oh, are, Kyle, are we going to mention any of these other songs from Old One? There's some, there's some good ones here. Oh yeah, of course. We're um, back to. Can we do another trivia real quick? Yes, we can. What's the who trivia? can name? The artist, this is a 2001 Neptune production. Mm-hmm. Which rapper is featured on the Mary J. Blige song, oh, Steal Away? Oh, that wasn't that my boys? Wasn't that, <laughs> once again, VA getting some love? Wasn't that... Um, no, that it's, camp- it's, it's not the clips. It's not the clips? It's not the clips. Huh. It's not even Philly's Most Wanted. I know you were going to well, go Well, obviously it's not Philly's Most Wanted. And it's not... E- steal Away? It's not even Harvey Lee. Harvey Lee, oh my gosh! No, what happened to Harvey what Lee. happened to Harvey Lee? I have the, <laughs> that's a solar stereo post coming up soon. Hmm. But I could have sworn it was Pusher. What am I confusing that with? I'm confusing it with another track. Anyway, who we got, Tom? I actually don't even know myself. We, we, we don't know. It, it's it's some guy that we've never heard of and that has never been seen again. True story. Yeah. There's just some random guy that I gotta hear "Steal Away." Like I cannot picture the. I know the song. But I'm not picturing the guest first. Ed, you gotta go into that. your uh, your your CDs behind you. Do you have the No More Drama album? Um, uh, somewhere. Actually, I think I have a burned copy, so it's not up there because I'm not seeing it up there. Oh man, man, I gotta Ray- go in the closet for that one. You didn't go first day to the to the store to get it after hearing "Rainy Days." Oh, good. Actually, I made sure I put that on the back burner when I heard Waterfalls Part 2. No, oh, man. I skipped that one. <laughs> uh, uh, let, let's continue the theme of Neptune Records from the 2000s. Tom, I have a question for you. Yes. Especially because over the last few months, we had been revisiting R&B albums, and I noticed you purposely didn't talk about Ray J in oh, any well, year. I, I'm happy you mentioned this. However. You are? Yes, I'm happy. During this Neptune era, he released Wait a Minute and Formal Invitation. And I know for a fact you love both of those songs. Man, those songs did not age well. 
No, oh, man. Man. In, in, in the moment, I was like, oh, this is pretty good. Now that I listen back to I can't even listen to those songs. And I really don't like Ray J at all anymore. I, I would not listen to his music anymore. Oh, my. Sorry, goodness. Ray J, if you're listening. But I, I will say this. And I mean, you know, you both, I'm here to be on the podcast to be the real dude. Tweet me at ET Bowser. If you got beef, I will be sure to ignore it. But a lot of the stuff from this era. Uh, not not any of the songs we've named so far, the bigger songs, but a lot of those kind of middle of the road songs don't really age well for me because of what you just said. Like, wait a minute, I love that song. What was it, 2000, yeah. 2001? Yeah. I tore that up. But now it's just like it doesn't even seem like it fits. Like he's not really singing. It's just it just doesn't feel like a clean yeah. fit. But in the era, man, I thought it was the hottest thing ever. So, yeah, there are lots of stuff from this era we're discussing that just doesn't stand up to me. I'll tell you what we need to do, because that era was like throwback jerseys, T-shirts that were way too big. I think we each need to go into like a photo album and find a picture where we're like wearing the biggest T-shirt. How oh, big I'm would sure you... I have some gigantic velour suit somewhere <laughs> dragging the ground. Oh man. The white um, tees, I got it all. Man, oh yes. Um <laughs> at that same time, while they're killing it in hip hop, they start influencing the pop acts. Like everyone wants a Neptune's track at oh, that time. Oh yes. You've got people like Backstreet Boys, the call remix, you've got NSYNC, the girlfriend record. And you've got Britney Spears on Slave for You and Boys. What do you remember about that era? These pop artists jumping on the Neptune sound? Man, it was a time. And it's it would be interesting to see Twitter around during that time. Because <laughs> I remember, I mean, I liked them, most of the songs. Because a lot of these artists that you mentioned, I wasn't really big fans of. I would There's a Britney song here and there I would like. But I love Slave for You. But yeah. then I remember... There was some backlash because she went to the MTV Awards and she was dancing with the snake and people were like, oh, she stole Aaliyah's snake. Aaliyah danced with the snake first. I'm like, look, players, I love Aaliyah. She did not invent dancing with a snake. Mm-hmm. So, like, calm down. But, yeah, there was some times where it felt like a lot of those artists were stealing our sound because they were kind of barring what was hot. I didn't have a problem with it per se because they were just going to the hot producers. Now, mm-hmm. if they started running around here using black slang and stuff, Miley. Then I got beef with you. So from that, it didn't bother me. But there was a little bit of pushback. And Lord knows of these think pieces if it happened in 2021. Tom, that Slave for You record was originally for Janet Jackson. Can you imagine Janet mm. singing on that song? Because that <laughs> the lyrics are pretty explicit for yeah. the time. It is pretty wild to think about. I mean, the, the pop song, though, I love. Is is um in sync in the Neptunes girlfriend? Oh, yes. Yep, man. Now that's one of my favorite Neptune beats. I almost have to wonder, like, what wouldn't? I mean, it wouldn't really have worked with an R and B singer or group, but yeah, they made it work. I liked it. You know, I still like it to this day. I didn't like the remix with Nelly though. I just felt no. forced. Mm. No, <laughs> everything with Nelly felt forced in two thousand one and two. Oh, yes, yeah. sorry um. for your nostalgia. It did. <laughs> And then, of course, along with the pop records was when Pharrell started singing on the hooks. Mm. And, and Tom, we could probably have an argument about Pharrell killing R&B with his singing because it lowered the, the quality of, well, of singing at that time. But in the I moment, didn't, didn't, in the moment, Tom, you in the it. moment, did I love it? I'm trying to think if I, I mean, I never loved 
I know we're not there yet, but I never yeah. love front. Mm. I mean, beautiful. Uh, Excuse me, miss. Love you better. Yeah, those got th- those worked for me. Those, <laughs> that was that was those were hits. <laughs> those were hits. I mean, but yeah, and I have to wonder: Did he take it too far? Did he push it to where people accepted mediocrity? Now, mind you, Pharrell has come a long way as a vocal over the years. You can tell he put in the work, but back then, it didn't man. bother me. That now there there are times because there are times where like his falsetto works sometimes. I didn't mind front. But beautiful made my ears bleed because it was just too much. There's a way that he could have a balance, and sometimes he didn't have that balance. As far as being the right reason that R&B ran into the ground, he didn't record 808s and Heartbreaks, so Mm. I think he is off my bad list. But I can understand the mentality of training the ears to not accept high-quality vocals. But to me, for the most part, he played his role well. It's not like he invented off-key singing we had that a long time before him but in most cases i thought he added to the hooks and that worked well there were only a few times like beautiful where it was just too much for me and i just couldn't do it (laughs) all right uh i'm gonna name a couple of records here and you guys tell me which one the best one is well before we do that let's give a shout out to kalisa's second album wonderland that album didn't even come out but people love that album i think it like came out like last year for a bit it was like re-released, but I looked earlier and it's like not there anymore. So, Ed, that's why we keep our our CDs and our MP3s, man. That's why I just tweeted <laughs> today about an iPod and everybody called me Grandpa. Let me tell you, the iPod is filled with Aaliyah. Good mm. luck trying to find that on your title. Yeah, yep. it's funny. I I actually recently asked people what they've done with their CDs, and I got various responses. Some people like you, Ed, they just keep it on a bookshelf. Some people keep it in those little like booklets and you know, I got you got a bunch in the booklets. Um, some people just keep it in storage. I would argue that's hoarding, but you know, <laughs> each their own. But some people, it's a display, it's a conversation piece, it's not hoarding. Some people actually uh throw out their CDs, and one person wrote, I regret throwing out the Aaliyah album. <laughs> I there bet you, go. you do. <laughs> Gold sitting in somebody's landfill. Yes, um, Kyle, we have a request in the comments here. Yes. Latrell, we can't forget about Latrell. I was gonna bring up Latrell because right. I was gonna name these records because I think all of these came out on Arista. We've got Latrell's House Party, Nivea's Runaway, we've got Tony Braxton's Hit the Freeway, we've got the TLC record. What's what's it called? In Your Arms Tonight? Yeah. Yes. I don't like I that, that song. What? I, I like that song. No, I I don't like that song. Uh, we've got the Babyface record. Remember when Babyface had a Neptune Arrow? I do. I do yes. remember that. And he yes. had like an afro. That was like random. <laughs> <laughs> um, yep. And then, uh, of course, um, some other records here. 702, I Still Love You, which is like, to Ooh. me, yeah, that might be like the best Neptune song of all time. No. It's up there. With, it's those no. cow- with those cowbells? I'm telling you, I, I had an interview. I didn't have an interview, but back in Louisville, I read an interview with the AP and he... Pharrell said that was one of the, his best beats. Nah, no, remember. that's probably like number like twelve or thirteen. Mm. Oh yeah, on my list, five. it's not it's not in the top five of my list, but on his list, it was pretty high. But Kyle, I want to. I'm glad you mentioned this era because it, this is as a Neptune fan. This is the first time I remember feeling let down by the Neptunes, especially mm. that TLC single, which I was like, no, this isn't working. Especially wow. that Tony Braxton single, I was like, no, this no. is not, and. 
I don't know if you guys felt the same way, but I loved every single thing they did up until that point. And even the Babyface song, there she goes. It's a cool song, but it wasn't needed in my opinion. I like stressed out a lot more, but still. What about? It started feeling there were some, you know, some missteps along what, the way. What about Burning Out by Faith? I should like that one. That oh, that I, That's a good one. I, I like that one. Um, But to your point, Tom, I do, at this point, I was still a fan. I like Hit the Freeway. I did like that song. Yes. But the song, the sound started sounding too familiar. And we mm-hmm. talked about this a lot with, I was talking about this not too long ago with Dark Child and a few other artists. They have a specific sound that's mm-hmm. great, but then they start giving that sound to all these other artists. So then like everything starts sounding the same. I know you've heard me say that a million times in 2020 and 2021. Yeah. So you have this sound that just starts permeating all these genres. You got pop artists, you got traditional R&B artists, you got rappers, just everybody's using the same sound. So it just starts to be like, yeah, that's all right. Yeah, yeah. And they would go on to kind of revitalize their sound later yeah. on. But this was the era where it started to get a little commonplace. Yeah, I yeah. agree. Because, I mean, we got to mention the Solange record, Crush, because I really like that song. But Good song. Um, the, the moment that uh, I started feeling like, okay, this is starting to f- sound a little samey, was the Jay-Z record Change Clothes. Like, I remember mm. when that came out, and I was like, I've heard that before. Yeah. And yeah. again, I, if you like that sound, and I did, and I like that song, but it gets to the point where it's like, all right, dudes, we've heard the little blinging, and it sounds like somebody's dropping loose change all over the floor. <laughs> like, okay, we, we've heard that. Let's try something different. Mm-hmm. Now, Kyle, to their credit, they did switch it up. They did. When did that happen? That was the NER, NERD album, right? Yeah, around that time. And then, of course, I don't know if you're going to lead into the to Justin Timberlake yeah. album, but to me, yeah. that wasn't sounding like what I had heard before. Yeah, well, Ed, the first NERD album, they dropped it in two different ways. The first version, which came out in Europe only, it was the Neptune sound over mm-hmm. the NERD songs. But then they re-released it in America, and that's when they had like live instrumentations all over it. You actually had like rock drums going on. And I feel like that was when the change happened for the Neptunes. That was when they switched up their sound. And I appreciate it. I remember at the time there was a little bit of division because it was like, where are they going with this? And I remember, um, what's the, the Harvey song? Lap Dance. Yes, Lap Dance. I would call it, Ooh, baby, you want me. But I know that was the name. <laughs> but, Yo, actually, Ed, did you know that song was originally for Nas? It was? I, I learned, did not know oh, this. Pharrell mentioned that on Drink Chance recently. What? I cannot picture Nas on that at all. No. <laughs> but anyway, like this is around the town, the time they really switched their sound up. No. And some people really loved it. And for me, just some outside looking in stuff, I had a lot of friends who weren't into the Neptunes at all. And that NERD album is when they became fans. It really brought in a new fan base for them because yeah. it just branched out and knocked down a few barriers. And it worked really, really well. So props to them. Even though at the time there are a few traditional hip hop heads, a few R and B fans that were kind of like, I don't like this. This doesn't mm. sound like what we're used to. But it worked. Yeah. Now, Tom, before we talk about talk about Justified, um, let's go back to the OG Neptune sound because we forgot about this. And I know this is your favorite rap group of all time. Oh boy. Uh, they're from Philadelphia. Ed, Ed, you can't. <laughs> you can't sleep on this album next to this trash. This is no! one of the greatest. This is <laughs> this is one of the greatest 
hip hop albums to ever come out in wow. 2001. Turn this in 2001. <laughs> we got Stillmatic, we got Blueprint One, and we've got Philly's Philly, Most Wanted. Get Down or Lay Down. It's right up there with those two. <laughs> <laughs> Look, player, the album is. It is a lot better for any of my hip hop fans. If you have not heard this, this album is a lot better than you would probably think. I don't know about number three in 2001, but check it out. It is a good release. I give Kyle, Pops that is the due. first time he has ever said something nice about that album. I, I like it. We're making progress here, guys. It's and, a decent album. And it is <laughs> fanatical about it. Hit track seven on that album, Lady's Choice. Don't you love that song, Tom? <laughs> That's actually a really good song. This is. All right. My God. Ugh. All right. Well, then we fast forward the Neptunes. Because I remember, it, if you're on YouTube right now, search up Justin Timberlake Justified documentary. Justin Timberlake actually re- record, re- recorded the... Uh, uh, he filmed the whole process of the making of that first album. And there's a clip in there where Pharrell says that in the credits, he doesn't even want Justin to put the Neptunes. He wants, them, he wants him to put... Hugo and Williams, because he was tired of everyone thinking that the Neptunes were this one-dimensional uh, sounding producer, and uh, they switched up the sound on here. Like I Love You, the first single. I remember hearing that for the first song, first time, and I couldn't even identify the Neptune sound until the very end of that. I agree. And again, yeah. this is the this was the switch they needed, and Justin was the perfect artist to do that because not only are you giving a well-established artist a new sound so i profile a lot of eyeballs a lot of ears but they were able to experiment and he just worked so well in that Mm -hmm. arena so i was so happy i'm like you this was the time where my love of the neptunes was starting and not that i disliked them but i was just kind of like oh it's another song sounds Mm -hmm. like all the others but this is when they kind of revitalized things stuck things up to another level and justin was the perfect artist to kind of go forward with this new sound Kyle, I have to address this Instagram comment. Yes. Justin Tim- oh, this is from Leon VZ Noel. Justin Timberlake took all of the Aaliyah leftovers and Michael Jackson rejects. Oh my mm. God. Well, <laughs> the Michael Jackson part is actually true. Like this album, all those songs were originally for Michael. That's that's a true story. The actual songs and the like they were pre-made. Is that um, true? pieces of it. I think Justin did help out with writing it, but the ideas. Like when you listen to Rock Your Body, like that sounds very Michael Jackson esque. Rock Your Body was the one that I heard, but I did yeah. not hear that for the rest of them. Yeah, I, I think um, if I remember correctly, Like I Love You was specifically made for Justin, um, as well as I think Last Night. But some of the other ones, I think they had Michael Jackson in mind for. Uh, uh, anything that came out from 2001 to like 2008. That Timberland produced, it had to be for Aaliyah. <laughs> yes. And anything that Pharrell produced had yeah. to be for Michael. Yes. Um, but Tom, let's talk about this Justified album from the perspective you were hanging out on those Neptune forums back in the day. And Ed, you might not believe this, but you know who else was on those Neptune forums? And who was that? Your boy Drake was on there. Yeah. Tyler, Tyler, the creator, was on there. Everyone was on that forum. So Tom, what was the anticipation like for these Neptunes, Justin Timberlake records? No. I'll never forget the anticipation because it was so much hype. They were calling him Justin Timberland at the time. Mm. I love that. And then I remember when it came out and people were loving it, you know, so I just remember the hype, met the hype. I was loving it. Didn't sound like anything else at the time. They switched up their sound and they delivered. 
it was a big time for music. I agree. I had no desire to ever listen to NSYNC. I know people get annoyed when I say that, but I was just not listening to NSYNC. I was not listening to Backstreet Boys. Any of I know they were huge, even in then um for black audiences, they love them too. I won't listen to them. You can listen to them if you want. But this was the first time I paid attention. Like I love you caught my attention. Yeah, Cry Me a River definitely caught my attention. So mm-hmm. this was an opportunity for me to come on, and this is when I became a fan, really specifically. Now and let me just add one more thing. Yep. This was 2002, Kyle and Ed. Back then, this was before social media. There was no trolling. It was nope. real love purified on the forum. Oh guys. my wow. god! Wow. <laughs> <laughs> There was um, pure back then. There was People trolling on trolling. the forum. Are you kidding no, me? Troll, trolls haven't really. existed for years. I don't think so. It wasn't like it is now. No, it was one state. No, it was not like it is now. You. That's yeah. true. <laughs> there was the standing was not like it was. There, no, there was trolling, no. but there was not groups of stands. Like that's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Rock your body is a great song. Did you guys like Senorita? I didn't like that at first, but I, I do like it now. It's it a grew on me. On me. Yeah. 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 Did you guys like the McDonald's song? Not really. That grew on me too. It's okay. Yeah. Every time I every time I listen to I'm loving it, I want to eat French fries. So I, I try not to listen no. to that. Well, <laughs> it worked, man. It worked for you. Mm-hmm. Um, after that is when the Neptunes released that Clones album. That was a really big album, and obviously Fronten is on that album. Tom, I know you don't like Fronten. Ed, what are your thoughts on Fronten? <laughs> I like fronting. I think it does what it does. It's, I mean, he's not pretending to be something he's not. And here's the thing that I always say today. Pharrell ain't the best singer, mm-hmm. but we recognize that. It would not like today where if he came out and we got to have 10 reasons why Pharrell is the greatest vocalist of our generation. Nobody said that. We were like, here's a dope song. He can't sing, but cool. It works. We accepted it for what it was. So I had no problem with it. Now, if everybody was running around talking about it, he had the best vocals since Donny Hathaway, then I'd probably be a little annoyed. <laughs> Kyle, can I give a shout out? This is around the same era. Yeah. I want to shout out a vocalist who was randomly featured on some great Neptune songs around this era for some Ooh. reason. My boy, I used to run into this guy at shows in New York City, Mark Dorsey. Oh, Good yeah. Lord, now, yes. That's he my was guy. featured on this amazing LL Cool J song, Love You Better, which to me is a top five Neptunes beat. Yeah. Love that song. And it's you feel like you're floating through space if you listen to that song by itself, the production. I remember when that song came out and because he was not featured on the, like he didn't get a feature credit in the video or anything. And people were saying that that was Pharrell. I was like, Have you, what? When did Pharrell <laughs> sounded like that? Not Pharrell. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, shout out to the homie. He annihilated that. One of my favorite hooks of all time. Yeah. Of all time. So in 2004, this is when the Neptunes, they're still killing it, but it starts to feel a little different. I forgot to mention the Nelly record hot in here earlier, but that was a huge anthem. Oh, the Jada Kiss record, Knock Yourself Out, huge record. Don't uh, forget the Khalees record, Milkshake. That was in 03. Yep, that was, I was going to mention that one. Okay. What's, the, what's the fabulous record? Hollaback? Hollaback yeah, Youngin. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Hollaback yeah. Youngin. Yeah. So those are big records, but 2003, 2004 come along. You've got Milkshake. You've got Drop It Like It's Hot. You've got Hollaback Girl. Big records. You can't even deny it. Mm-hmm. That Snoop record was one that uh, another time where I felt like they just reinvented the wheel because they had a specific sound. And then for a couple of years, they had a new specific sound. 
Yeah. But when that Snoop record came out, it was like, oh my gosh, they did it again. This is another time where you heard this production and it was just next level. That I actually the, loved from that album though, Let's yeah. Get Blown, but also Signs with oh, Charlie yes. Wilson and Tim. I love both Man. of those. Yeah. That's one love of my favorite guys. Snoop albums. Snoop doesn't have the most deep discography. He's got a bunch of them. A lot of his albums are so so, but I like this album a lot. Do you like that that Snoop and Little John song, Step New Game Up? No. <laughs> that's how it was just loud. There's <laughs> just a bunch of noise. No. Uh Milkshake has I think it's really uh the longevity of that song, like people still love that song. It's like a meme now. I can't believe mm. that song came out in 2003. When you said that, I was like, what? Yeah. It seemed because it seems just so ever present. I thought it was later. To me, yeah. that's one of their best beats of all time, too. It's just it's amazing how that song took over pop culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, one song that did not take over pop culture, and I think at the time everyone thought it would, Ed, drop down and get your eagle on, girl. Oh. <laughs> Flap your wings. Why, oh, why did that song not work? Because it seemed like it should have worked. Because it is the god-awful. Like I, If I have to make a list of singles that irritated me to no end, that's got to be top five. I hated that song. And <laughs> BET, I don't know what the payola was flying because BET played that thing every second of the day. That song is awful. I'm glad it did not pop. Uh, Ed, I need some uh, perspective from a Southerner. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait. Oh, actually, Nelly's from the Midwest, so it still counts. Um, what? Is, is, <laughs> is getting your eagle on the same thing as shaking your tail feather? They're all the same gross <laughs> white thing. Yes. <laughs> all right. Um, and then the last portion of that Neptune's era before Pharrell goes on on his own and Chad goes on go, goes off on his own. Uh, two records here. We have the Mariah Carey record, Say Something. Now, this record with Snoop, th- that was actually supposed to be the lead single off the Emancipation. Can you imagine yeah. that if that came out? I don't. I think we're we're looking at a completely different album if that comes out first. I think it's a completely different reception. Sure. I mean, I my wife loves that song. That song is it's it. all right. It, it's a good song. But um, just like the it it would not have the impact that the other songs would have. I mean, yeah. but it would. It's funny how just one song will completely. I won't say derail because not like it's terrible, but one song would really change the trajectory of how yeah. a project would be received. Mm-hmm. And then the la- and the other song that came out, I think this was like one of the last credits with Pharrell and Chad, Tom, Ed's boy, Sleepy Brown, Tom, Margarita. <laughs> Margarita. Love you love that song. That is a, a catchy song. I don't even know why I love that song. Shout out to our boy, Sleepy Brown. We need to show him more love on this podcast, Ed. I don't know why Sleepy Brown has become my cousin. I, I've never met Sleepy <laughs> Brown. I don't know why we got to talk about Sleepy Brown all the time. It's been said that he's the Kenny Lattimore of the South. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Who said that? Sleepy said that? I saw it on Twitter, all right? Mm. Oh, oh, well, excuse me. Hey, I saw on, tw- on Twitter that Joe Biden's a lizard, but okay. <laughs> mm. But yeah, that margarita song was fire. <laughs> After that, 2006 and tom i know you noticed it but the neptune sound by then was completely different and it really started i think with the pharrell solo album in my mind because i remember when that record with kanye came out number one that didn't sound like a neptune record anymore not at all and this is actually i'm checking my notes here this is kind of when my fandom was beginning to fade because it just 
didn't remind me of their previous work, which I fell in love with them because of it. It just wasn't the same quality, in my opinion, wasn't for me. So I did like some of the songs on that Pharrell solo album, but yeah, this is kind of where I started fading out from from there to production, not really checking for them. Yeah, I was excited for this album. I thought it was, as we said, like, I mean, Clones was a joint project, but I liked Fronten. I liked some of the stuff that Pharrell was doing. This was just okay to me. Like, it didn't really connect. And like you said, a lot of the songs, just the production too, like nothing was really sticking with me. But as we said before, this is a weird era for hip hop and R&B. This is when the landscape got really shaky and, a lot of the people who had set the groundwork earlier in the decade were trying to refine themselves. So stuff wasn't really clicking. And that album is really an example of it. You know what's crazy? The Neptunes clips. That first album, crazy production. That second album, yeah. Ed, I know you love that second album. I didn't really like that second album. You did not like that second album? To me, that's some of their best production ever. Mm. I love it. Tom? Yeah, I couldn't really get into it like the first one. I'm sorry, Ed. Well, I, I get that. The first one, it's hard to describe. The second one was such a departure from the first one as far as sound. But when you match that with their lyricism, I thought it was top tier. One of the best albums of the decade, if you're asking your boy. Love that album. And I yeah. love their debut, too. Yeah, because Grinding is like one of the greatest beats of all time. And then one the of the with, best beats of all time. The record with Faith Evans, Tom. Great song. Great, Great song. song. I like that one. Ed, what does Wamp Wamp What It Do mean? <laughs> I've been it means the ask. same thing as Real Love Purified. I would have no idea what Wamp Wamp. Ask Lim Thugger. <laughs> he knows. If you can I love him. how Ed is like the translator of, of what this stuff actually means. It's great. And yeah. half the time, I don't know. But yeah. that's my song, though. Love that beat. Ed, can I have my uh, 30 seconds of fame here? Okay. Uh, All you ooh. other... Uh, R&B experts, journalists, bloggers out there, you guys are all Mr. Me Too's. Thank you. <laughs> oh, my God. You waited for that. Is that he what did. we waited for? I did. Oh, he did. gosh. Uh, after Can we that... a couple shout-outs real quick? Uh, we got a shout-out. Yes. Natasha Ramos, who was an artist oh, yes. under Pharrell. Same yep. with Vanessa Marquez. They yes, never, Vanessa. They never made it out, unfortunately. Yep. I think Pharrell was just too busy. Yeah. Were they were they Star Trek or they just signed up for real? I don't know. Star remember. Trek. They were Star Trek okay. artists. Yeah. Um, another Star Trek artist was Robin Thicke. Now, yes. Ed, I know you love Jesus Thick, the first album. Your wife especially loves Jesus Thick. He comes back and he's paired up with Pharrell. Wanna love you, girl. Did that build up the anticipation for you and maybe your wife at the time? Because I know your wife loved Jesus Thick. Well, she was, a, if I remember correctly, she was a little nervous because this sounded completely different. But I was very positive because I'm like, it's different, but it's a name we trust. Like, you know, it's, it's the Neptune. They're not going to screw this up. So mm-hmm. I like that it was a different sound. And you can check out Soul and Stereo. I just ranked his albums. This album was number one. Just beats out. Jesus stick for me. I know some people go back and forth, mm. but this was a really strong album and I liked the departure. And not only did it give him some mainstream appeal, as we all know, it was a different sound and a great way to introduce him to the mainstream. Tom, isn't it weird that Robin got the Neptune co-sign, but on that evolution album, there's only one Neptune song on there. It was pretty strange. I mean, thinking yeah. back, you know, I don't know how that happened or why that happened. 
thankfully for everyone involved, the album did really well and is yeah. a gem. But you know, we kind of asked Robin about that in our interview. He didn't really touch on it too much. Yeah. Um, so I don't really know. It'd be interesting to hear the true story there. Yeah. Um, after this era, I'm just trying to think here. Like you got the Omarion record, Obsession. That's an album cut. Mary J. Blige, Till the Morning, album cut. I mean, they have the Ludacris record, Moneymaker. I didn't really like that song, but it was a hit. I like that And then uh, Ed, Tom, this is the worst Neptune song, also the worst Jay-Z song of all time. Anything featuring Usher. Now, wait a minute. That song is horrible. Now I have to defend this song. Bounce, bounce. (laughs) This song is not... The lyrics are so stupid because it's basically like, let me drool over women who take amateur strip club classes for exercise, and I'm going to make a song about it. That is an idiotic premise. Mm. But I didn't mind the song at all. In fact, mm. I will listen to this song before I listen to the song that, what was it? Um, I'm a Hustler Baby. I can't stand that song. Oh, wow. I just want to love you. That, Tom, gross. What, what, about that the, song. what about the Neptune song on the American Gangster album, I Know? Oh, no, no, no. I love that song. I like That's that song That's an incredible song. And That's I love the concept song. behind it. Uh, around that same time, they didn't really do so much R&B at the time. I know they had a Madonna album, the N.E.R.D. album. All the girls mm-hmm. lined up in the bathroom. I still don't know what that means either. But <laughs> Oh, I know what that means. That's oh. not PG for the podcast. Though. All right. <laughs> and then the Common album, Universal Bind Control. Yikes. Yikes. <laughs> not my favorite Common album. But Tom, the Common record with Mary J come close. No, that song is good. I mean, that's a different era. And yeah. th- you have to like that one. Yeah, I like that one. But that album, oh no. Oh no. <laughs> no, no, no. Ed, what about the Bow Wow record, Take You Home? I totally forgot about that song until right now. No. Wow. And Tom? You know, he's, tr- he's like training to be a wrestler now. What, oh. what, what about Tom? What about the Birdman record? What happened to that boy? Now that, there we go, top five Neptune's productions. Ed. I don't know about that, but I do like that song. Mm. Is there anyone on this podcast right now who'd be willing to do the bird call for us live? Uh, I not would me. hope not. Not me. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even do it. And what's a bird call? What's a bird? What? Why, must I, why must I translate everything? It's a oh, bird man. call, but it's also a signal that... The the authorities are around the block, so get <laughs> mm. moving. All right, that's I love what it, it is. We're all right, learning well, so much tonight. Yes, uh, so all many right, so, bad things. <laughs> so we gotta we gotta speed things up here. We're uh, we're almost running out of time, but let's talk about the Pharrell resurgence. Twenty thirteen, you've got blurred lines. You've got happy. You've got get lucky and Ed. We can't forget about the Leah LaBelle record, Sexify. Oh. Shout out to Leah LaBelle. We love you. I love that record so much. I just knew that that was the one record that was going to make her a star. Lost her way too soon. But to the songs that you mentioned, Kyle, these were big, big, big pop hits. Remember, this is 2013. Mm -hmm. R&B is weird. R&B doesn't know what it wants to be. So these are much more pop than what we had heard before. But I actually liked them all. I know people have stuff to say about Happy. No people have stuff to say about Get Lucky. Blurred lines, I liked. I know that Marvin Gaye's people don't. But the point is, these were big, 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 big records for him. And a push to a new direction in sound 
even though they weren't really always accepted by some of the more day one fans, so to speak. Yeah. Tom. Uh, Ed, can I ask Ed or Kyle a question? Yep. What does it mean to feel like a room without a roof? You're clapping, <laughs> man. <laughs> Why do you keep asking me these questions? It's funny. <laughs> well. That's classic Pharrell right there. Okay. Between you, between you two, when you hear happy and you hear blurt lines, which was the song that you knew would be a hit? Um, right away. I'm probably. I'm going, I with, thought, I'm going with happy. Actually, yeah, I was for me. I thought happy was going to be a hit, but not like it became like it went like to another level. Yeah. And I thought blur lines would be popular. I didn't think yeah. it would be like the biggest song in the history of Target or whatever, whoever <laughs> it was to use it in a marketing campaign. But yeah, happy, I thought was, you know, those songs from those kid movies always blow up. So I was like, oh, this is the kids will love it. But I went mm. to like my church back in Virginia one time. They were playing it in church. Mm. Like, we playing this in the Lord's house? What is going on? <laughs> People love that song. Yeah. Uh, someone on Twitter once upon once upon a time said that Happy was a record that soccer moms could listen to in their vans to look cool. Well, I don't know about looking cool, but it certainly uh, yeah. is one they could listen to in their vans. <laughs> um, and then Blurt Lines, because Tom, I remember specifically when that song came out and we listened to that song at the same time. And we were just like, "What is Robin Thicke doing?" Like, I remember that because because the lyrics were like they were. It was don't get don't get me wrong, it was catchy, but it was a little elementary compared to like "Lost Without You," song yeah. "Sweetest Love," "Magic." But then that song, it just it kept growing. And then when we would look at the charts, and it like blew up internationally first, and then it finally made its way over to Canada and the U.S. And it was like, man, this is this is a smash right here. Yeah, I mean, it's a catchy song, and it did what it. It did. I'm glad when we interviewed him, he admitted he got kind of got caught up and lost his way. He got caught up in stardom, did some things he didn't want. He didn't usually do with music, mm-hmm. but he'll always have that hit to look back on. I mean, it cost him some extra money to have that hit, you know. And uh, let's not get into that whole legal situation, but oh no, <laughs> yeah. Um, and then Ed, we have one more question for you uh, as our uh, as our translator. Okay. Uh, what does this mean? Like the legend of the Phoenix, it all ends in beginnings. <laughs> What's going on there? Oh my gosh, player! Don't you know the legend of the Phoenix? And I'm not talking about Jean Grey. It's oh, like okay. the the bird that lives to dies, and then it rises from the ashes and is reborn again. So he's talking about a rebirth, so to speak. What does this I have to like that line? What does this have to do with get lucky? Well, if it depends on your definition of getting lucky, maybe it's like, hey, let's do it all over again. Wow. Oh, man. That's what the song is about? Man, I got to re-listen to that. Oh, my God. Hey, <laughs> go to Genius and look up the lyrics. You got some I, work to do tonight. I was just grooving to that song. So um, let's fast forward here. Uh, of course, he worked on the Ariana Grande album, which gets killed on Twitter because the Ariana Grande fans love Max Martin pop music. They do not like Pharrell music. Um, and then, Tom, we go into the woods with Justin Oh, Timberlake. my gosh. This oh. is the first out the woods. return of the Neptunes. And uh, they take it to the woods with, uh, with JT. I feel like their mindset was right. The idea was right. It just didn't work out for whatever reason. Why? Uh, I think the they miscalculated. That's it. That's, it wasn't really what anyone wanted. You know, they tried to do something different, and uh, it just wasn't received well. 
I mean, well, I mean, it, it comes down to two things. Number one, he wanted to have this sort of growth and like this different perception of him. That's cool. And he tried to show like this more adult side of him. Some fans didn't really want to go there. It's kind of mm-hmm. like the Usher situation where here I stand. I get that part. That's one issue. The other issue is stuff like supplies was garbage. Like mm. it ain't no reason to get around it. There was some outright bad songs yeah. on it. The actual direction and what they wanted to do with the premise was always going to be kind of hit or miss, depending. Audiences don't like when you change, especially when you're gone a long time. They want suit and tie. They want like I love you. They want the fun Mm. stuff. So they weren't really ready for grown man, Justin. But also didn't happen that those songs were booty. Mm. <laughs> uh, watch these yes they did uh, they did produce Montana and then Ed and Tom of course the Snoop record Bush California Roll mm. I like I like that record I like yeah. the R&B Snoop record I thought that was a that pretty was a fun one. project yep yep um, and then just to bring it up to date so people if they're wondering what the Neptunes have been working on today they did Monica's single Trenches with the baby little baby one of the babies Ed <laughs> it's, it's, it's the little one it's not the dull one Okay. And then uh, they did the Scissor record hit different, which I, I don't understand what she's saying in the song, but it sounds good. So <laughs> it, it's blowing up for whatever reason. <laughs> um, and uh, I think they're right now in the studio with, uh, I think they had a couple of records on Monica. So I think that's pretty much it as we uh, sum up the Neptune's career here. So uh, before we get into our favorite three Neptune records, mm-hmm. um, Overall thoughts on their legacy? You can hit it, Tom. I mean, I'll just say, obviously, without a doubt, they had one of the greatest runs yep. of, of hit making that we've probably ever witnessed. I don't know if it'll happen again. They're right there with Timbaland as far as hit makers. Yep. Um, you know, they used that formula really well. It worked. They stuck to the formula. And then when it stopped working, they, they switched it and made success with a different type of sound. So you got to give them credit for that as well. They're definitely talented. Yep. And um, some of my favorite music from my youth. So, you know, legends. Got to agree there. Like, I think Tom nailed the, the most important point with me is that to me, the greats always evolve. When you look at the people who have really persevered, people that truly deserve the title of legend, they were able to adjust from generation to generation to generation, decade to decade to decade. Mm-hmm. And for the most part, Neptunes were able to do that. And along the way, they were able to influence others. To me, that's the makings of a legend. That's the makings of a classic. Are you able to affect change in your industry? And they were definitely able to do that. Classic songs, very classic beats, very yeah. memorable beats. You know the Neptune sound, but they were also able to switch things up. And they're also able to influence others behind them. So in that case, we're talking about a legendary production duo. And and you got to think, they have lines that are memorable still today. Like, it's getting hot in here. My milkshake brings all the boys to the yard. Uh, home, home boy, I came to party. Um, what rhymes with hug me? What does rhyme with hug me, Ed? Um, next question. Okay. I'm not translating that. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um Top three Neptune records of all time. Tom, I'll start with you. What is your number three? This is so hard. Um, we can go R&B and hip-hop if, if that makes it even tougher. But oh, Where am I even going to go here? That, that's it. 
Yeah, because if I add hip hop into it, that changes everything. Yeah, hip hop makes it crazy. All right, I'm on the spot. I can't think of one, so I'm just gonna go with oh, Natasha Ramos, "Midnight Hour," mm, number that's three. A, that's actually a really good song. Ed, somebody's gonna go on Soul and Stereo and say you didn't say this was your number three. I'm like going off the top of the dome, so you can fact check me later. But number three, I'm going to exclude the hip-hop joints because if I do hip-hop, grinding is number one. I got to do Nori. I got to do Snoop. Mm. But I'll keep that to the side for now. Number three that pops in my mind is, I don't know if we even talked about this one today, Get Along With You. Yes. Mm. Love that joint. That's a great song. Yep. Did that have a video? I think Mm. so. That was a single? I didn't didn't know. Or Or was Good Stuff the single? It was one of good stuff. Things. Good stuff. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm thinking of the good stuff video. I'm picturing a video, but get along with you was on the radio in Virginia, but mm. Virginia is going to play any Neptune saying so. Yep. Can't really count that. True. Oh man. My number three. I mean, that Natasha Ramos song is, is up there. I'm going to go with 702. I still love you. Mm. Mm. That, that's my number three. I, I can go All with right. that one. Yeah. Tom, number two. I'm I'm gonna have to go with I think I'm gonna have to go with the babyface song, Stress Out. Mm. It wasn't a single. I love the production. I love the song, just you know, chill song, just relax. Can I can I have a tie though, actually? Yeah. I have a tie for I just wanted to mention this song because I love it and it's not gonna be my number one. But the Brian McKnight song, the Phil Collins cover, I wish it would rain. That's oh, another of my man, favorites. That's a good Ooh. one. Yeah. That's a good but, one. I know. I just had to mention it. If we're talking remixes, then the Sade remix too. By your side. Yeah. yeah, that's a good one too. That's a great remix. Ed? Man, I keep thinking and I keep changing. If we go like longer than this, I'll have my list will change 20 times. <laughs> I'm going to go for number two. I'm going to do Like I Love You. And it's only because, not only because, but the reason it's number two for me is that freaking bridge. When you break that sucker down, mm. is that that is when it really takes off for me, as you said, Kyle, musically. So that's yeah. my number two. Yeah, number two, I'm going to go with the Justin Timberlake record, Let's Take a Ride. I think I like, lo- I like celebrated this like crazy a couple of weeks ago. But yeah, I love that song. The bridge, that whole song is a bridge, which is what I love about it. So, And then the, the topic on that one is, is crazy too. So let's take a ride, number two. Tom, your number one Neptune's R&B record. Don't tell me it's Margarita, but is it? Oh it's not God. Margarita. You're close, though. Mm. It is by one of Ed's favorite groups. The song is Cross the Border. The group is Philly's oh, Most Wanted. Number one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I can't. I'm just kidding, obviously. I do this every episode for anyone listening for the first time. Yes, they give me a heart attack every week. I take my pills <laughs> when I get off of this podcast. Uh, this isn't an R&B song at all, but this is like, I just remember this being the Neptune song I played the most back in the day. You guys are going to be surprised. T.I., I'm serious with Beanie Man. What? Wow. Yes. What? I'm shocked. I'm, I'm, I'm impressed, but I'm there. shocked. I'm just going to throw that one out. It's not R&B, but I'm just throwing it out there. Wow. Tom had Tom had his uh, Beanie Man era. Yeah, clearly. <laughs> clearly. I had no idea what's going on with Janet Jackson. <laughs> yep. There's a Joe version of that song too. Yes. 
Yeah. Right. What's your number one? My number one, again, off the top of my dome, and it might just be because it's one of the most recognizable. I'm going with your boy Usher. I got to go with You Don't Have the Call because mm-hmm. that to me is the quintessential Neptune's R&B track. Mm, that's a great pick. I'm actually going to go yep. with that as my number one as well. I mean, if we're talking hip hop songs, this whole list changes up. I think number yeah. one oh, has yeah. to be Love You Better, but if we're talking R&B. It's got to be You Don't Have to Call. Just has to. I'm with you. Not I don't know with uh, with Usher, but you don't have to call the wrong. <laughs> Poor Derry. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's it for. Uh... Oh yes, we forgot about "Touch" by Omarion. Oh yeah. yes, I, I I know that was your song. That's my brother-in-law's joint right there. Ugh. Yes, that... he would do a little dance around the house. <laughs> you know, I thought that song was a lot bigger than it was, but then I looked at the charts and it wasn't very big. It was, nope. a it was a 106 in Park special. I've told y'all 106 in Park will have you fooled. They're thinking mindless behavior as big as the Jackson 5 is not true. Mm. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's it for this Neptune's discussion. We'll be back next week. I don't know who we're going to talk about. Maybe we'll talk about Rodney Jerkins. But, Ed, what's going on with Soul and Stereo? Man, Soul and Stereo, if you love this Neptune's discussion, go check out the archives. I have the Neptune's 25 greatest productions mentioned pretty much all the songs we talked about today and many many more hip-hop joints i haven't looked at it in forever so who knows what my number well i know my number one has to be grinding because one of the greatest beats of all time mm-hmm. but from number two to 24 is a surprise to me so go check that out also this week i re-rank because a lot of people have been like you got to re-rank some of these albums you've done you did these rankings five years ago they're outdated so i'm trying to piece together some and doing some re-rankings I went through and re-ranked my boy, King Keith. King mm. Keith, Tom. I went through and re-ranked his go. entire discography. Go check my boy out, see where he lands now. <laughs> you know? I even switched a couple things around, so you can't say I don't ever change my mind. Sometimes mm. I do. <laughs> and hopefully this week, speaking of rankings, I'm currently working on our man Case, his discography. And I was surprised. His discography is extremely airtight. There's yeah. not a lot of not a lot of weakness on that. So there are a couple that kind of go below, but he's got a lot of underrated joints. So check that out. Maybe tomorrow, maybe Monday. That'll be up. Ranking Case's discography from front to back on Soul Sh- Shout outs to Case. And Tom, you know I got so I've seen you've been putting out a couple of these lists just trying to find out what happened to some of our favorite groups from the 2000s. Yeah, what, what happened to all the groups in the 2000s? I tried to dig up info on all those. There weren't even that many groups, guys. We should do an episode on the, uh, what happened to groups sometime. Easily. But um, I tried to find as much info, and just about every group from the 2000s at this point is broken up with a very few exceptions. So it's unfortunate. Yep. But check that out on the site. We did the females and the males. Yep. And then um, what have you, you been on working on, Kyle? Well... Uh, while you were doing that list, I learned about a new group called NTU. <laughs> NTU. We actually had a group conversation about this, and I was like, hold up. Have you guys heard of this group? Because this came out around 2005, so we obviously all should have known about this. I think Ed was the only one that was like, maybe. But yes. Tom and I were like, we've never heard of this group. But then I checked And I on- thought it was the old NTU from like mm-hmm. 1994. Yeah. But no. This is the one that was signed to Chris Stokes in, in the mid-2000s. But... Uh, we Tom, we just interviewed Jagged Edge, which was fun. Yep, that so, was good. Uh, we're gonna get that up and running uh, 
at the start of next week. So I think we have a lot lined up. Um, this podcast, of course, always fun talking with you guys about music. And uh, we'll have to do this again next week. I don't know who we're going to have uh, as our weekly discussion. And I know some people have asked to participate in this as well. We might have to start bringing people in as well to help us out. But we'll figure this all out next week, guys. I uh, hope you guys stay safe. And uh, we'll be back next week with another episode.